Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly, Judy, how's things going on with my friend today? Everything is good in my world. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm staying warm myself. I know that, um, like I said, it looks a little chilly here and a little cloudy, but sun is out. Jesus is still on the throne, so we're grateful for that. Isn't there a song, like it's cold outside, but Jesus is in my heart? I don't know. Maybe I made that <laughs> up. But Yeah, maybe you did. Maybe that's something God wants you to write, sister. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but God is good no matter what's going on on the outside. Boy, you are not kidding. And we are going to really chew on that concept um, this week, specifically about he is sovereign in all things. And so if you would invite him to guide us and speak through us and get you and I out of the way so that his spirit moves, I would be grateful. All right. My privilege, my honor. Lord, it is a privilege and an honor that we can lift up our prayers to you and have that confidence that if we pray according to your will, that you hear us. And if you hear us, then we have the petitions that we have asked of you. Because we know, Father, that even though the times that we think that your hand should move, your time may not always line up with our time. But we yield to you, Father, because we know that you see the end from the very beginning. And we only see time as a limited slice, but you see everything. So, Father, we thank you that you give us the assurance that you work all things together for good for those of us who love you and are called according to your purpose. And we recognize and are grateful that Judy and I and our listeners are called according to your purpose. So, therefore, you are working things out together for our good. So continue to illuminate your word for us, Lord, because it is our heart's desire to finish this race well in you. And we are confident that you have begun a good work in us and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, be glorified in our conversation today and we yield to your Holy Spirit to speak through us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, sister. You know, as always, you pray the word, and that is such a gift for me, and I would assume for all of our listeners. And one of the things you just said in that prayer is a reminder that we are called according to his purpose. And that is just a perfect lead-in to what I'd like to discuss today, because sometimes we focus on our purpose. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. we focus on our wants and our feelings and what we think we need. So um, this week, I'd like to talk about God's sovereignty. And before we start, I'll just kind of give our listeners a nudge as a reminder that last week we talked about 
the uh, danger and the tendency sometimes to try to earn God's love. And so if you missed that session, I'd encourage you to go back. I sort of raised my hand and said, I can fall into that trap sometime of, oh, if I do this, maybe he'll love me more. So I want to start by just reminding our audience of, if you missed that, listen. And the the message was, and remain, remember eating well, moving often, taking care of your temple is not a means of being good enough. It is not a way to earn points with God. He has called us to take care of ourselves, to listen to his word, to obey his commandments, to follow him for our benefit, not just to somehow earn his grace. His grace is enough. His grace allows us to do those things. And so in my, in my thinking, the next logical topic of consideration is God's sovereignty. Is God sovereign in all things? And I want to start, Kim, if you wouldn't mind, by reading an excerpt from uh, my book, Sprinkled Clean. And as anybody who's been listening to our sessions and, and or is reading the book, you know that my journey is actually more about my temper, my tendency to be quick to anger, quick to judge, and and my yearning to bow before the Lord and my prayer, change me, Lord, change my heart, sprinkle me with your clean water. And so given that context, I want to read you an excerpt. On the microwave of my vintage mini motorhome, is a sign with a clip art graphic of an RV besides Psalm 32, 8, and 10. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the ways in which you should go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. She who trusts in the Lord shall be surrounded by mercy. Then I get stuck in traffic and start disparaging stupid drivers. (laughs) Do I just forget that God is sovereign, or did I never believe? It seems a critical contemplation. If God is indeed the ultimate authority in all things, from long lines to looting, then what's the fuss? He's assured us all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, right? So as much as I shudder to consider, could difficulties be part of my sanctification? I want to speak to anyone listening right now and encourage you to ask, could difficulties be part of your sanctification? Could your challenges with your food and your fitness and staying on track and eating well and getting out and moving regularly be, in fact, your 
half to a tighter tether with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must believe that whatever happens, even circumstances that are uncomfortable, uh, that are unpleasant, that he is sovereign in all of those things, and he is doing a good work in us. So, Kim, I'd like to focus on two scriptures. One comes from Isaiah 45, 6, and 7, and it says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. And Lamentations 3, 37 to 38 says, Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? So, Kim, I'd like to to have a conversation with you, and I know you're just going to pour wisdom into us. It just seems like when challenges and temptations come, we we tend to think that something's wrong. Oh, something, this isn't right. You know, this traffic, that's wrong. This line, that's wrong. This temptation, and to grumble about our, and then we grumble about our circumstances. We think, oh, God's MIA, or he's not protecting us, or whatever. Um, But that's not what the scriptures say. The scriptures say he creates our circumstances, and he is sovereign. So I'd like you to speak, Kim, if you would. Again, your wisdom is so valuable because you've been doing Take Back Your Temple for so long, and you've been helping so many people to just look at their challenges with their food and their fitness from a scriptural point of view. So talk to us, if you would, about how many people you've worked with who end up in a ditch because they look at their circumstances, they look at the challenges, and they think, oh, this isn't right. You know, they don't, they don't see God's sovereignty in Judy, that is such an important concept. And what's so interesting about this particular topic that you brought up is I was just looking at the word sovereign. And within that word is the word reign. I just happened to see that. And it's interesting. It's like the word reign illuminated for me just now when I was looking at that word. And I thought, ah, that is the um, thing that we need to ask ourselves when circumstances happen that we're not necessarily happy with is to say, who has reign over my life? Is it God who's on the throne of my life or is it me who's on the throne of my life? Who reigns? And so when we recognize for ourselves that we are God's workmanship, we were created for good works that glorify him, then we put our focus back on who reigns, the one who reigns, who is the only sovereign God who created all things, including creating us. And then there was another thing that I thought about for myself and thinking that God being sovereign, knowing the end from the beginning, knows about the circumstances, the challenges that we would face before we knew that they were coming. 
So he already has a path established. Like if we're in a situation in which we make a mistake or mess up or whatever, then he already has the solution for us. He always has the path forward because he reigns. Then it's our job to seek him to say, Lord, what is the next right step for me to take? I trust you. I know all things are working together for my good. Therefore, I'm seeking you because you have the answer for me because you are committed to this good work that you started in me. So it's a totally different mindset to say, Lord, I'm increasing my dependency on you and I am confident that you're going to lead me forward, that my relationship with you matters above my circumstances. I love that insight, and there is no question God showed you that in this moment, that in in the midst embedded in sovereign is rain. Mm-hmm. That makes me shudder, and that is so true. Who mm-hmm. reigns in our hearts when we're throwing a tantrum? When we're saying, no, I want this food, when they're saying, no, I don't want to exercise, when we're, when whatever it is we know we're called to do or be or not do, we say, no, I want it. Who is reigning in our heart in that moment? And as you were talking, Kim, I thought of the two analogies that are so familiar in the word that Jesus used as analogies. And one is the good shepherd. And let's face it, there are sheep that go, no, I don't want to follow you. I want to go this way. And the word talks about that, that the, that the shepherd leads all those who are following and goes and gently picks them up. And sometimes will even break his legs to get him over his shoulder to say, no, this is the right way, the safe way, the way that is best for you. And then the potter and the clay. Is the clay going to say to the potter, no, make me this way? Mm-hmm. And and we sing, I surrender all. And then, again, in my case, I'm inconvenienced. I'm in a, in a situation that doesn't feel comfortable. Somebody's being loud. Somebody's annoying me. And I haven't surrendered a thing. I am reigning. The Judy, the queen of the universe, is saying, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So thank you for seeing that. And what is astounding to me, Kim, is as we can continue on this concept of how do we react when do we believe God is sovereign in all things? And do we believe, even if it's not comfortable, that it is for our good? Then you read James 1, verses 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That is, for me, one of the toughest verses ever. I mean, it says, do the happy dance when trials come. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. And who does that? No. We mumble and grumble. We complain. 
I mean, how many of you out there have complained in the last 24 hours about anything? Oh, my hand is raised. My <laughs> hand is And yet God wants us to celebrate when the going gets tough. You know, whether he's created it, which, you know, he says up there in, um, was it the Isaiah? No, it was the Lamentations. Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? So whether he's created a hardship or simply allowed it, it's not a shock to him, Kim. He has a plan, like you said. And he's not concerned that he's going to somehow lose his sovereignty or lose his control. So every challenge is an opportunity for him to be glorified, for him to reign, to, to rejoice and say, oh, my gosh, this is fabulous. This is a test that's going to strengthen my, what what's a good word? Not, not just my relationship. I often use the word tether, my reliance, my dependence on God Almighty. Kim, I bet you have a thousand and one stories, either from your own life and your journey when you lost a boatload of weight, which I think our listeners can never hear enough, or any of those with whom you work where where they finally got it, that the struggle was part of their victory, their path to victory, and they finally look back and go, were it not for that struggle, I'd never made it to the finish line. And you and I use the use the analogy a ton about athletics and athletes and mm-hmm. look if you want to win the Super Bowl you've got to train and it's going to be hard so do you have some stories for us to encourage people that gosh it was tough and yet God was by your side or the person's side who you coached and it, it ended up being great victory yes Judy, that's good, and it reminds me of a saying that I often tell our Take Back Your Temple members when they may say, this is so hard, I don't know if I'm going to get through this, I messed up again, whatever. And one of the sayings that I often say is the struggle is real, but the struggle is also right, because our struggle is in service to a righteous cause. Because what we're doing is we are becoming good stewards over the body that the Lord has given us, but our ultimate purpose is to fulfill our purpose in the Lord and share Jesus with other people. So even as the struggle itself is difficult and challenging at the same time, the Lord does not leave us alone in struggle. He's made us a promise that he says that he who begun a good work in us shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's committed to this. Now, we have to make the decision for ourselves about whether we're going to quit in the struggle. But I think it's important that we go in with that right mindset that this sanctification process is not going to be easy all the time. In fact, most of the time it's easy because that's the continual battle that we face between the flesh and the spirit. And we have to make the decision once again is who reigns in our life. Are we going to follow the spirit or are we going to follow the flesh? And it's righteous. 
that we make that decision to follow the spirit in confidence that the Lord, by his grace, is going to need give us what we need at that particular time that we need it. And there's actually one other thing that I do want to share, Judy, that I thought about, too, because you were talking about um, count it all joy when we fall into various trials. Well, I thought about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and it was talking about Jesus and the mindset that he had to face the cross. And that scripture, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we know that the cross wasn't a party either. But Jesus looked beyond the cross to the joy that would come from reconciling sinful man to a holy God through his sacrifice on the cross. So if Jesus was able to endure the cross and had, and was able to do it with joy, how much more can we endure the challenges that we face in this life? I love you. <laughs> God is good. I just, you know, you love the Lord and you read the word and it comes out week after week after week after week. And I just say, praise you, Jesus, because can we all just, would you read that again, please, for us, Hebrews 12, 2. That is profound truth right there. Yes, it is. And I think of it often. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, what's interesting, Judy, is despise. I used to think, oh, that means he hated it. But when I looked up the word origin of the word despise, it means that he thought little of it. And so, he magnified what would happen on the other side of the cross and minimized the shame and the suffering that he went through on the cross. And that's one of the things that we do is we magnify the Lord in the midst of our circumstances, even as they are challenging. We magnify him and minimize what we're going through in confidence that, Lord, you're going to carry me through this. So I think that's just such a wonderful scripture also, Judy, and, and in perfectly in line with what you're talking about with God's sovereignty and recognizing that he's the one that reigns in life. And um, and we just need to magnify him and minimize what we're going through because he's greater than our circumstances. Well, and I just want to reinforce again, which I believe we try to do regularly, and that is. This is not about trying harder. That not only is God sovereign in your circumstances, but he is sovereign in your sanctification mm -hmm. if you allow him. This isn't about you trying harder. This, it goes back to who is reigning in your heart when you are tempted to do something that is not beneficial, that is not what you are called to do. Who is reigning in that moment? Will you say, Lord, thy will be done. I hate this. This is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. I am weary. 
but God. But your yoke is easy and your burden is light if I allow you to reign in this circumstance. If I believe this is my path to victory and it is hard, just like my Savior. Amen, sister. So I, I just want to ask our audience, when you are feeling fatigued, frustrated, lonely, angry, in those moments, are those trigger moments for you where you have a tendency to run to the refrigerator or bail out on your walk? If so, rethink that. Consider it all joy when you have those trials. Consider those opportunities to rely on God's grace, on his provision. Consider an opportunity to say, my flesh wants to reign right now, but God. But this race is hard. My Lord and Savior trod a very difficult path, as will I, in your grace, in your strength. Acknowledge your vulnerability, your need for your good shepherd. Acknowledge your weakness. Tell him, I can't, but in your power, I can and I will. Depend solely on his strength and not yours. Pray, Lord, I'm feeling really mad right now, or lonely, or I'm fatigued, or hurt. Lord, my heart hurts right now. Hold me. Uplift me. And I just ask you one more time, Kim, because I'm sure you, you've got another thought for us, another gem for us. How have you seen people pray that prayer, fall on their knees, Literally get to the end. And and maybe you want to share with us one more time how you got to your body and you said, Lord, I can't do this. And he lifted you up and look where you are today. Yes. And I think often because, you know, the diet mentality just tells you that you need willpower to get through those moments when you're feeling all of those emotions that you're talking about. And it feels like you're going to die if you don't go get that cookie or whatever to get you to carry you through that moment. There was a time when I felt like I had to have willpower to do it. Like you said, that trying harder, trying harder, trying harder. And that's so exhausting. But once I came to know the which we talked about last week, it was like, Lord, I know you're here. I know you're here. You promised that you never leave me. You promised that you'll never forsake me. I'm feeling some kind of way right now. So, Lord, I need you to help me, to carry me through this moment. And we know that he gives us the promise. The promise is um, it's in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has seized us except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. But with that temptation will make the way of escape that we may be able to bear it. 
And it's like, okay, Lord, well, you promised me that even though I feel that this is difficult, you made a escape route for me. So show me that escape route and give me the strength to take it. And that's it. We take God at his word. We take him at his promises and allow ourselves to experience his presence, that he's with us even in that moment. And he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. So therefore, we don't have to try to find our own answers, but we show our dependency upon God and seek his answer. Amen, sister. For all of you listening, I have a couple of uh, action steps for you this week. Memorize one of the three passages that we've discussed. Isaiah 45, 6 to 7. Lamentations 3, 37 to 38. And or, memorize them all if you'd like, James 1, 2 to 4. Memorize them. Claim them. Pray through them. Shout them from the mountaintop. Believe them. For it is only through the word of God that our hearts are softened. So in closing, I'm going to actually pray Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, which is the passage from where sprinkled clean came. Gracious Father, you have promised to sprinkle clean water on us, that we might be clean from all of our uncleanness and from all of our idols. Give us that new heart you promised. Put a new spirit in us. Remove our hard hearts of stone. And give us each a heart of flesh. May we walk in your spirit, Lord, not in our fickle flesh. Cause us to walk in your statutes and be careful to obey your rules. For we ask it in the name and the power and for the glory of our Lord, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen, sister. May the Lord reign in our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your time, Miss Kimberly. I love you tons. And um, God willing, we will chat again next week. Okay, sister. Well, God bless you and God bless all of our listeners. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word. 